Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. There's a place here at the table, your coats go by the door. You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic, cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Eight times done, we're having a night. Hi guys, um, this week on Having a Night... We are doing our first joint podcast episode, which is very exciting for us. Um, We have on Alana Levine, who is a fellow actor and the hostess of the phenomenal, really kind of mind-blowing podcast, Little Known Facts, which you'll obviously hear more about as we progress with the interview. But um, basically, she does these incredible, really personal and intimate interviews with some of our favorite actors in the world. So we are quite chuffed to get to be sitting down with her. Enjoy. This is thrilling for me. Oh, for us, it's thrilling because yeah. we haven't had we haven't had somebody who doesn't like throwing dinner parties on the podcast yet. Yes, so this is particularly important. Okay, not- but this is the thing. So, so okay, guys, this is like um, a crossover hybrid episode mm-hmm. where having a night, which is Sophie and Ari's podcast, and my podcast are all together in a very humid room, uh, <laughs> podcasting together. We're going to be naked by the end. By the end, if not already, and this is the Strip beauty of audio. Um, yes, <laughs> every time we say the word podcast, we have to take off one <laughs> garment of clothing and you have to do the Indeed. same at home. This is all going differently than I expected <laughs> for three o'clock Surprise. on a Friday afternoon. But when our mutual agents uh, talked to us about doing this and I listened to your podcast, I thought, oh my goodness, there really is someone in the universe looking out for me going, Alana, you just renovated your apartment and have (gasps) the most beautiful kitchen. You need people to help you learn how to use it. Can we come over? Yes, absolutely. It needs like you two to come and like it's like a virgin kitchen. Oh my and god! We you need... don't understand how exciting a virgin kitchen is for us. <laughs> the, the potential of a conquest. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! And that I have been always incredibly intimidated. I love having people over, and I'm fantastic at ordering things for a dinner. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly which Trader Joe's appetizers are delicious mm-hmm. to pass around as hors d'oeuvres. You like to get into that. So maybe we could talk about that. But I guess this podcast episode to me, where it might really land beautifully for everyone listening is how to take your creativity and your passion and use it for good in all sorts of areas and not be afraid of changing lanes from one lane to the other. Um, Just because you've been doing one thing for a long time doesn't mean you can't learn another new thing. And fear is a very big thing in my life. I'm scared it won't be good enough, so I don't even want to. Like, I know Trader Joe's got it. Whole Foods, (laughs) they already know how to do it. And I can even put it in, like, a pan and make it look like, you know, I'm a wife on Mad Men and I cooked it myself um, in full makeup. Right. (laughs) I want to hear about your... I know. 
growing up with food. Without food. And I don't know how to cook. I was the youngest. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey. My mom was and is a wonderful cook, but I must not have been interested. I came in to eat. So do you remember her cooking? Like, did you spend time around her cooking? I remember her cooking and I remember eating, like, if she was baking something, I'd eat the dough. If she was making, like, cutting carrots, I'd take one and eat one. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would, like, sort of watch and be like, wow, that's so cool. (laughs) But I don't ever remember her Sadly, sitting with me and going, this is your grandmother's matzo ball recipe. Right. This is how we make the matzo ball. Mm-hmm. Now, my sisters who are each a little, they're they're only 14 months apart, but they're seven and eight years older than me. Oh, so okay. it was almost like two generations in totally. the same family. Um, they're both extraordinary cooks. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of my sisters became a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So she needed to learn how to make her own things because right. my mom and dad weren't vegetarians. And although my mom was completely happy to try to figure out how to accommodate that, I think my sister was excited to sort of, I'm a vegetarian and and I'm a political person. I'm going to make my own things, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was food and feminism all wrapped up in right. the same mm-hmm. thing and independence. Right. Cool. And, um, But for me, I just was sort of like, it's sort of, it's funny. We would go see Broadway shows to celebrate everything in our lives, like any great accomplishment, Uh or we'd just make things up and reasons to go. I grew up in New Jersey, right across the George Washington Bridge. There it was, like this mecca of of musicals, which became... like a bomb mm-hmm. for me yeah. of feeling better, listening to cast recordings. In a million years, the idea that I would be in a musical or be on Broadway never occurred to me. Huh. Like the idea that something like that would be part of my occupation uh-huh. is crazy to me. That's how it was. It was so, um, it would be like, would you own Disneyland? No, you go to Disneyland. It's like so much reverence for yes. the thing. And wow. ca- I couldn't believe like people could transform in the way they did and make me feel the way I did. And in some crazy way, I think cooking was the same thing to me. The idea yeah. that I would be able to do what my mother was doing. Uh-huh. I could put a hot pocket in the microwave. Like right. there are things right. I could microwave. Don't get around to like it. Very yeah. other. Yeah. Like, how would I ever do the thing my mom does? Right, oh right. My God. Well, you that, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So that's my my thing is to, I wanted to create the podcast I wished I had. I wished the information that mm. I was looking for, other than like James Lipton, actor's studio yeah. thing, mm-hmm. that's, that was my only access into these kinds of conversations. Yeah. And he wasn't exactly my guy, my brand. Right, exactly. Well, and he's also interviewing people like you're, I mean, the roster of people that you interview is it's crazy. Incredible. And it's like such an amazing mix, but it's like, he's not going to have, you know, like Bill Camp doesn't get to be on the actor's no. studio yet, you yeah. know, but it's like, yeah. so getting to, I mean, I feel like the roster is literally just all of my favorite actors, like Reed so, Bernie yeah. and Bill Camp. And yeah. Yeah. Michael Urien, like, I mean, Rory O'Malley, who I love. Yes. Um, no, but getting to have these incredible theater actors yes. mm-hmm. sprinkled in with the Academy Award exactly. winners it makes it amazing. It's a good meal, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yes. For the yeah. chefs out yeah. there. So, yeah. So I started it because I wanted to, in this huge 
overwhelming culture of us and them, the beautiful, sparkly, shiny people who don't have problems. Right. And the only similarities between me and Allison Janney is that maybe we both go to Whole Foods. Right. We saw a right. picture of her in People magazine buying vegetables. Like, yeah. oh my God, we're the, like, actually, no, that's not why we're similar. We're similar because we're human beings and yeah. that's her career path. And you might be a shoemaker, but you're actually, you're all people. Right. right. So part yeah. of it was to kind of take away this, um, any idea of like status, like mm-hmm. high status, low status and kind of humanizing and building community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. Your podcast is born out of a desire to. I feel like our podcast is born out of this idea of like people are so scared of having other people over, of being generous with their space and their time and really just trying to encourage people to like, I don't know, there's some <laughs> element of like community yeah, and I think and connection that connection. can happen. And just like, I don't know why I just want to say not being scared, but it is such a big thing right. that like there are a million reasons that people don't have people over, but what are the reasons that people do have people over? And like, really, do you think people are scared of other people seeing how they live? Yes, I yeah. think that's part of it. And in the city, especially, it's like, you know, we're all so tight on space and that becomes obviously a really hard thing. But I think people also feel like, well, and you were saying this earlier about, you know, being freaked out about not being able to do the thing perfectly. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, I, I didn't go to the Culinary Institute and so I don't know how to cook. But if my right. souffle falls. Exactly. Right. And, and that ultimately but what about that, Ari? What if you, your food isn't good? What happens if your food isn't good? I think in a way that's kind of uh, the the vibe, the tone of this podcast, of having a night rather, is that uh, it doesn't, the food is not ultimately the end all be all of the dinner party. Exactly. It's the connections that are happening. It's it's letting people into your life. It's sharing things. It's about the small community that you build. And I think besides living in New York and people not wanting um, to invite people into their small apartments, I think it's also a symptom of the way that people are living now and just less connection and everyone's on their phone and we just connect less. We rely on others less. We, you know, ask Google instead of ask our mom, you know? So, right. so I think it's about, um, it's Alexa ultimate- is my mom. <laughs> She said with a single tear rolling down her cheek. Sometimes I call her Echo. <laughs> yeah. So I think I, we've both had plenty of dinner parties gone wrong, which is an episode we need to do. Yeah. And I think we always say, then you can just laugh and order a pizza. Yeah. That's we. That's our remedy is if it's bad, if you burn whatever you're making. Or it just tastes awful. Or it tastes awful. Yeah. Or be like, guys, I'm sorry, this sucks. Let's like order just- a pizza. And let's laugh about it. Okay. Yeah. If you were having a dinner party mm-hmm. together or separately, uh-huh. w- when I come in, what's the first thing that I'm going to see food and beverage wise out? If it's not a theme of some kind, where does where do you begin traditionally? Well, um, you're going to see some kind of antipasti situation that will have probably some meat and cheese. They'll most definitely have olives um, if Sophie is involved. Perhaps a pickle of some kind. Yeah, just some finger foods without um, plates, without silverware, some na- cop- cocktail napkins. Bread or crackers? I'm a bread. 
I'm a bread. I'm a a cracker. Nice to meet you, bread. Um, It's uh, it depends. It depends on the space, and also on what's having what you're having later on. Because like, yeah, if you're going carb heavy meal, you're going to have crackers and not a yeah baguette cut up. But I also think, is there anything greater than seeing like a loaf of freshly baked bread? No, there's nothing greater. So it's like, even if you're at meal, that was rhetorical. Um, You know, even if like your meal is going to be starchy, I think you could still put out a bread. Okay, I have another question. Oh my God, ask. I'm sorry. No, I want Martha Stewart. uh, Julia Child. We we have to plan a dinner party for you. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Um, My my biggest anxiety is like. When should the food be ready? Before mm, everyone big. arrives? Am I putting it... Like, that's my other confusion. Because my thing is I'm so excited because I don't do this a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I made my first eggplant parmesan recently, uh-huh. dinner was called for 7.30. It was ready at 5. I was like, where right. is everybody? Right. And then I was... Then it got a little burnt. Then I didn't know, do I take right. it out? Do I put it back in? Tell yeah. me the timing and how long after the like apps and hanging out is dinner served? So I think that if you were just getting into having people over, which like, listen, I'm sure that you've had people over many, yes, many times Yes, but before. I haven't cooked. Yeah. So I think that a great thing to do is have most things be able to be served at room temperature. Okay. Because then you don't have to stress as much about timing. If you've cooked things early, it's okay. If you've cooked things late, it's okay. You know, it's like... Things can be ready whenever they're ready, as opposed to the thing of like, well, shit, like this thing is supposed to be warm. This thing is supposed to be piping hot. This thing is supposed to be in the freezer. Mm -hmm. It's like figuring out a bunch of different things. You can think of that as like level two, but like there are so many ways to go that are level one. Dinner party 1.0. Right. But like there's so many delicious 1.0 meals that you've probably had in restaurants that you never even thought were like, oh, this is room temp. Yeah. Like Like what? If it basically, if it's not a soup or a stew, it doesn't really need to so be So my hot. eggplant parm could have been... Well, no, like, okay. Right. Something has so to something be bubbly like, cheese on yes, top. If some, yes. I'd say a crispy but, situation or, like, a gooey situation but needs to be. Eggplant, okay. Yeah, exactly. But but eggplant parm is actually kind of a great thing to make ahead because you can assemble it ahead and then you just put it into the oven yes. right before. So I I actually, honestly, I'm, like, always on the, the cooking section of the New York Times and just reading their make-ahead recipes. Even mm-hmm. if I don't make them, I get so much satisfaction out of knowing what I could have been making ahead. Mm-hmm. So like, there are things that you can prep. <laughs> Even if I'm not making them. 12, 24 yeah. hours ahead. Yeah. And then you just leave it in your refrigerator, take it out the <laughs> next day. I mean, Ari's laughing at me, but like. No, it's amazing. But it's, it's true, funny. right? It's Way like take about it out time. of your refrigerator yeah. and you put it in the oven and then stress-free. But yeah. When, but not stress-free because it's still for me, when do I take it out? So I also have a thing, and I think Ari is probably much better about this, like I am sort of on that wavelength of like, well, everything is down at five. So like, where's everybody? Does anyone want to come early? Exactly. (laughs) But I think not putting it into the oven until people arrive and knowing that people are okay to snack on that antipasti and have a glass of wine for 45 minutes. Yes. And I will say this is a very actory way to look at cooking, but I have had to over the years, like release my own fears and anxieties about like, being in the kitchen and still cooking when I have people over. For some reason, I thought, oh, no, everything has to be done. And I have to be like there on the, you know, chaise lounge, like with my I cocktail. I want you on that chaise lounge. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Full Betty Draper makeup exactly. on. Yeah. But you don't. Like, so. Do you dress up? Um, we try to. Yeah, we try to. So when do you do that? So that's part of the problem is mm-hmm. that we're always, I feel like every dinner party we throw together 
we're like, okay, this time we're really going to give ourselves time to just change again. And then we're like, ah, yeah, and then freaking out. But, but I think part of that moment is addictive. Are you roommates? No. No, no, no. no, but you'll just do it at one of your places. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. we've gotten way better at it. And so I think it's like before you do the finishing touches, let's say everything is done. Mm-hmm. Things are mostly assembled. Let's say everything is out in your prep bowl. So like you haven't put things together, but everything is chopped. It's it's blanched. It's like whatever All needs to happen. All sous chefing is exactly. exactly. Okay. Then you go get into yeah. that bathroom. You put yeah. on your whole face. But I think even before that, do you, you can up? set. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Not always like super duper, but sometimes yeah. we go for it. We do try to turn it out. It's just, just, it's it, and fun. it doesn't happen as much anymore. And that makes me sad. Do people, when they come over, do they feel like, oh, I'm a little underdressed. I'm in my jeans and t-shirt and Sophie and I are friggin' hot and beautiful. I right would now. hope no. to never make, wait, us hot and beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take it again. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, Let me make sure that's in the clear. Was oh there any God. drilling going on? Yes. Um, you guys no. are hot and beautiful. I, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'll have a dinner party and I haven't had enough time to change. And maybe I have a full face of makeup and I'm also in sweatpants. Right. But in general, yeah. that's a look. I think yeah, sometimes I like that. It is kind of a look. It's a very Gigi Hadid look, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> Me and a Gigi. Um, Sheesh. But I but we definitely we usually don't put on like a dress coat or anything. No. But if I'm doing a much bigger one, then I would. Like if I'm doing if I'm having like eighteen people over, I'll totally give a dress coat. Or if I'm having more of like a Christmas party or something, then So your last thing was the Oscar dinner yeah. party? Mm-hmm. What did you guys make for that? Did you do you do it together? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what did you cook for that? We had a deviled egg situation. We had truffled popcorn. We had crudite. We had little tea sandwiches. We just went really um, anti-pasty finger foods because we didn't want like people having giant plates with like a meatloaf on it watching TV. Do you okay. have like one go-to thing that you know you can just like kill? No. Oh my god. I don't. Do you have any dietary restrictions? No. No, but guests do. A lot of performers now are gluten-free, mm-hmm. dairy-free. I've noticed. Yes. Oh so God. so I have no, I'm literally like devil dogs, <laughs> ring dings, <laughs> and eggplant parmesan. If it works for you. Yeah. I'm saying I have yeah. no, but, but now, like, there is a whole thing where I have to find recipes for friends who yes. have mucho dietary restrictions. I think that if you just have, listen. If you are a person who is going over to someone's house for dinner and you have a ton of dietary restrictions, you might have to know that there might not be a lot for you to eat. Or make yourself known when you are invited. Oh, my God. But see, we're all getting very impassioned about this because this is a really big question. It's like, right, one person's vegetarian, which means they need a carb. One person is is gluten-free, which means they can't have a carb. So I think it's like if you have— And that loaf of bread you described earlier is just— Torture. So, yeah, I guess cruel. I'll be on my own in the corner. But I do yeah. think our template, which we describe in the podcast, I think our template works for, for everyone because exactly. there are like there's a variety of things. Okay, do the template. Okay, the template is it starts with antipasti, which will have like some vegetarian options, little pickles, uh, olives, olives, crackers or bread, cheese, cheese, yeah. some meats. Because then you're like you got paleo, yep. you have the vegetarians, you've got the gluten free, you've got those people. Everyone covered. So sorry that we're not covering pescatarians, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh no, they'll eat cheese, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. They'll eat cheese and, and they'll pickles. Eat fish. Yeah. yeah. And they'll bread. eat that fish course. Yeah. Right, but we don't have it in the antipasti. Oh, so. that. Not That's okay, but it doesn't mean they only eat fish. They eat everything. Right. Yeah. Right. So then we we always do a cold veg, which usually ends up being a salad. 
a hot like, veg. Okay, what kind of salad? Let's say, mm, I mean, I love. You make a great. I love a radicchio mm-hmm. endive fennel salad, maybe topped with like some arugula just for some spiciness. Maybe depending on how you're feeling, you're adding in like part like a pear and some blue cheese. Yes. But if you want to take out the dairy, you could do the blue cheese on the side mm-hmm. and then make like vinegar, mustard, uh, vinegar, mustard, olive oil, dressing, vinaigrette. Yeah, um, maybe put some herbs in it. You exactly. did it like it wasn't Newman's own. <laughs> Yeah, you no. did a hand motion oh like you God. made that. I think one of the easiest ways to elevate any dinner party is to home make your salad dressing. Okay. I don't. It's so easy. All the best way also to get it emulsified because you know sometimes like well maybe you don't know sometimes if you make a salad dressing the oil and the vinegar will split. Yes. But so to get it not split, I just put it into like a, an old jar, like yeah. a glass jar. Shake, 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 and it's like thick, creamy, so perfect. Yeah. Delicious. Also, never underestimate the amount of salad dressing that you actually need. Okay. I always make not enough. Really? Yeah. So I need to start making twice as much. Interesting. Oh, Here's another dressing. tip with dressing your salad. If you want to pre-do things, and so you're you can put on your makeup or whatever, um, or make yourself a cocktail. Put the dressing kind of around the edges of the bowl, like kind of tilt the bowl, and then it'll kind of like go to the bottom, and then you can just toss the salad. So then you don't have to—I always find like, oh, I forget to uh, dress the salad. That's like—I will always forget that, and I hate to be dealing with the dressing and reshaking it right. when I have guests over. So then it's already in the bowl, and so you just say like, hey, George, can you toss the salad? Hey, George. Hey. My butler, George. Okay, so we've got a cold salad. Yeah. We've got a warm veg. Yeah. Which could be anything. So let's it say. It could be it an could eggplant be, parm. Yeah. You know. Although right. that would be a main dish. It, well, yeah, Depends. it could. Or, it's true. Oh, yeah. God. I'm very hungry. I love it, the thought of an eggplant parm. Um, it but was it labor intensive. Be, yeah. Yes. So then maybe it would be a main in this case, but it could be something like you could just roast a bunch of Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Just roasting is always nice because you. Someone's throw it like, in the I oven. don't eat cruciferous vegetables. Oh my god, that person needs to. Throw George. Off a ledge. George. George. Fucking George. Yeah. But roasted vegetables are always easy because you can put them in the oven. They're totally fine to be served room temperature, and you can like make a little dressing if you have extra time and you want them to look fancy. Like drizzle pomegranate molasses over them, or like I'm sorry, really like aged. Balsamic. Sorry, what? It's like a really aged pomegranate. Molasses. But it's made from pomegranates. So nice. You can get it at like a Middle Eastern grocery store. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe that's level three. Okay, no. So we're no, still no, no, no. But I don't mind a challenge. No. Yeah. You I can do it. I appreciate that you're like, Alana, you are up Ooh. to this. I also feel like for this, I'm wanting, I'm thinking about all of these paleo people, and then I'm thinking about the non-paleos mm. of us, and like just having like like a cheese on the side. So maybe it's like, maybe there's roasted vegetables, but you're serving like a really beautiful mozzarella on the side are we still on appetizers no 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 no, no. we're on the. oh sorry so here's the other thing about the template for dessert there's a pomegranate marmalade souffle yeah Yeah. okay here's the other thing about the template that should be known we it's all rustic family style so you don't have to worry about plating you don't have to worry about coursing things out so the only thing that is beforehand is the antipasti yeah which is also buying yourself time to finish things if you are not done so all these other things are just Put it's on just big plates on your long table, and yeah. everyone's going to sit down and just take for the pass. Exactly. Yes, or you yeah. put them all like on the kitchen island, wherever you want people to. I congregate. have an island now. Yeah. yeah, I do. Tell us about your kitchen. So my kitchen. Let me just tell you something about marble. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, 
Of course it's durable. You go to pizza parlors, what do they have for counters? Marble. And I was Mm -hmm. like, well, let me tell you what happens when you really have marble. Citrus, disaster. Hot cup. (laughs) Did you just break the cheese? (laughs) Citrus is disaster. (laughs) Boom. Even something like a hot coffee cup. Things that, like, this was supposed to be the most durable. You can, like... Basically almost cut on it, and I'm finding that I still love how it looks, Yeah, but I have to say, I've really, like, you know, the kind of, everyone's like, no, it's patina, and I'm like, ooh, two months later, it's patina a little quick. So I would say that it's really beautiful, and Did you have it sealed? Yes. I don't understand what's happening. I feel like, or maybe I thought I had it sealed, and they were using... I don't know, nail polish remover. I don't know what's happening. But I've had to just let go of like, there's a little, there's chips now because someone like put a really heavy pot in the kitchen sink and it's like. kids. I mean, you don't want to be running around after them yelling at them. Yeah. I'm I'm not. And I I think it was me. (laughs) I don't think it was them with like the heavy, like Crusette pot. Like, I think it was me. So it's, it's beautiful and it looks incredibly lived in. Uh, listen, I'll put pictures up on Instagram of the kitchen. But then the other thing is, it's mostly Ikea, and it just (gasps) is so so beautiful. And then I just found, it's very like, it's Ikea, it's marble, and then I just found all these incredibly, like this cool shelving. I made my own open shelving, Mm -hmm. which saved me $1 million, because I just literally, I was like, wait, I don't need any of, I don't need to have the top cabinets, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But it is true that you, like, you dust more. Yeah. And then, just for people at home, I know this is not a design show, and this is just a hybrid of a wonderful conversation Mm -hmm. spanning many, many topics today, but the barn door is the most unique, amazing way to work and deal with weird corners for Mm -hmm. pantries. So there are some barn doors happening in my house that really created like big spaces that can be closed really easily, but you don't have to open or into the room. Like it it just, it's really nice. Oh, I love that. And I feel for the first time in my life, like a real grown up. Yeah. It's very interesting. Sounds like you have a lot of space to have people over. Now I have a crazy amount of yeah. space, and so people are like a lot. Like I'll go to oh, parties, here we go. like all it's holiday happening. season. All of my friends in all types of um, residences mm-hmm. are hosting. Mm-hmm. warm, wonderful holiday parties. And they're all looking at me like, still not this year? Still not oh, you? What if yeah. instead of challenging yourself to a holiday party, which, yeah. listen, the, it, the, the market's saturated. <laughs> what if you did like an amazing Sophie, so true. Sunday brunch? Sure. And it was like super easy. You, I'm sure there's a good bagel and locks place around best. the corner. So you the go, best. you get like so many bagels, like, you know, Two pounds of locks, whatever. Yeah. You slice some tomatoes, you slice some onions, get great cream cheese. You can just decant the cream cheese into a beautiful Go get, bowl. like, beautiful sweet pastries somewhere. Yeah. And then maybe you squeeze some orange juice because that's, like, a nice homemade that's thing a that nice you can touch. do. And you could make a really great frittata. And then you can do that ahead like, of time. Yeah, you can definitely do that ahead of time. And that's fine to have room temperature. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe just a salad just to have. So what's the playlist? What's the Ooh. now? Music is a really big deal. I love daytime for a brunchy feel. I think 
jazz. Mm-hmm. Like who doesn't want to wake Porter up or some yeah. lovely like yeah. Oh, especially if you have like actors over or like musical people over. If you played some really really old timey musical stuff, that would be really sweet. Oh yeah, I love that. Hey guys, to see pictures of some of our favorite recipes, tablescapes, or debaucherous evenings, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at having a night. We're actually, uh, we're relaunching our Instagram, so now is a really good time to follow us. We have some amazing new graphics and pics, so follow along at having a night. So when you're on a job, uh-huh. are you, like I was just thinking about how, speaking of musicals, there was an actor who played Schroeder, Stanley Wayne Mathis, who was like the most magnificent baker and he would come into rehearsal. He he loved to bake, but didn't want to eat it. He did not want it lingering in his house. Uh-huh. So he yes. would make massive many bakers. Of so many beautiful cakes and cookies and muffins, and then bring them into rehearsal. Right. And first of all, we all fell madly in love with him uh-huh. immediately. It's a way to all of our hearts. But it was when you were talking earlier about kind of like giving mm-hmm. and the gift of it. Like his performance was magnificent. Like, I can't imagine anyone else's Schroeder ever. Hmm. But the first thing I think of when I think of Stanley, like if we were doing word association before his like brilliant yeah, right. Tony level performance was his baking. Yeah. It's like that was that's it what touched I you. think of. Yeah. 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 And you guys must be that for the people you work with. Do you bring food into work when you're rehearsing or working or? When we were in school, I would. I would, like, bring things into certain classes because I would come home from rehearsal. Let's say I would get home at, like, 11 p.m., and I would start cooking. And it wasn't yeah. because I was hungry or I needed to eat, but it was, like, the only way to clear my head to actually sort of, like, meditate on what had happened that day to to digest everything. And so I would often, during those hours from, like, 11 to 2 a.m., like, just kind of stay up and, like, make I don't know, like vegan cookie bars or, you know, like dark chocolate, something or other. And then I would bring those into class because it was really like the act of doing it was what I cared about. And of course I cared about how they tasted, but yeah, but like it was, and so I would then, but now... Now, no. Well, if you're doing TV now, it's like just craft services. No, you can't for compete. Sure. But oh in, a, in but the a theater, play, for Although, me, yeah. The DP on the show that I shot this summer, P.S. working insane hours, would come in with like home baked banana bread. Love that. Like, the DP? Yeah. That's nice. And yeah. he, he was a man, like a big, like hunky oh my God. dude. Nice. Banana this bread baking. So amazing. Yeah. I've never had a DP bake for me. Yeah. Well, ever. Come on, come on out to LA. I will. I will do that. So who is, when you think of like yourself, like I think back to my not cooking with my mom, but loving her food and, and like standing around talking to her about like my day. Wait, mm-hmm. what were your favorite things that she made? So I was just thinking about, um, so my dad, who was, he's still alive, but he's retired. He was an attorney and an accountant. And okay. so he was just always working late. So the yeah. thing I remember is we would have dinner and then my dad would come home late and there would be a second dinner. And that was Hell my yes. favorite time. <laughs> totally. Like she would reheat everything. By the way, mm-hmm. my mom worked too. Like, so right. yeah. by the way, uh, but so there were things that so that's like a very strong memory I have of like eating again at oh, like nine thirty. Like there was the six thirty seating and then the nine thirty. Yeah, seating. it's like that. It's like the best part of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yes. but right. So my mom, you know those like um, Petridge Farm 
puff pastries. Oh, yes. So they can be used, you know, you can put yeah. berries and whipped cream in them. Or, yeah. Right. So she would Oof. make in those minis, she would saute all different kinds of mushrooms uh. and onion. And there'd be like a little au jus from that on mm-hmm. the bottom. Mm-hmm. And she would put mushrooms inside the puff pastry and then the little top. Oh my. Well, we're little, making those for your dinner party. I mean, so that. And then I once went to someone else's for brunch, and they were putting, like, scrambled eggs into that, mm. by the way. Also delicious with, like, chives and some what other thing. What a good thing. hack, also. Yes. Just like to remember that those things exist. Yeah. Yes. Oh. She made an amazing brisket, like, full-on mm-hmm. brisket. Yeah. Her stuffing is incredible. Oh. And somehow she makes, like— Bread stuffing, right? Yeah. She makes a stuffing on Passover with like oh, wow. matzah, with matzah. Oh, instead of bread. Like I a wonder, matzah brie almost. I feel no, like I've had something like that. Stuffing. That's so cool. And she makes Passover rolls. Like she somehow, what if she was literally using like all these years? <laughs> exactly. She's like, so yeah, bread. Passover, but we can eat bread. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Like they're, the they're not Passover <laughs> rolls at all. She just calls them. Oh, my God. Um, right? That's like she hilarious. somehow has versions. I wanted to eat bacon so badly growing up, but we were mm. kosher. Mm-hmm. She somehow, like, found, it was called, like, beef fry or something. Like, she found fake bacon. Like yeah. She always managed, like, anything you want. She'd be like, I got it. Right. No problem. That's so, so great. Yeah. Love. And she made amazing um, soups. She's really good at soups, like leek soup or... Mm. Um. Yeah, tomato, like just amazing, amazing yeah. at soups. I feel like but more all cooking I, is in your future. I, I just feel like you're, yeah. you're 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 passionate about the dishes that she made. Well, sure, but if you don't cook a lot, your pantry has none of the. Every recipe is a new, like huge. Like you, have I understand twelve thousand yes. spices in yeah. your oh. cabinet. In There's fact, you're like, I don't want to buy this because I'm going to. Yeah, use so it. wait, seven dollars, and I'm going to use one. Wait, mm. oh, a spice that we should do like a pantry episode. Oh, that's yeah. good. Essentials, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did you want to do a podcast? Well, we wanted, so we take this incredible course, third year of drama school uh, with this amazing, uh, you know, legendary New York actress, Joan McIntosh. And talk about a great director to work with. She directed uh, both of us yes. in two separate projects. And she, she's like one of my favorite people. Me too. I feel like my brain is conflating. Is she Arthur Miller's sister? No. No. She was like... Uh, um, big like experimental downtown New okay. York in the yeah. like sixties. And Arthur Miller documentary that was oh, my New Year's. The Rebecca so Miller one, incredible. Oh my God. And there was this dinner scene, and the and the, and his sister was an actress who was sort of like that. You're like, wait, that's his sister? Like someone really well known? Oh, cool. What if it Not is his sister. Well, well, I don't know. No, no, I don't no, think so. You would know. You yeah, would know, she but, would tell us. But we'll look it up. You yeah. look up. You phone a friend while Ari is telling me about this class. Oh, and or so, look up who's Arthur Miller's sister. Great. Okay. okay. You kind of it. take it your third year. It's called actor generated work, and it's just to kind of it's for your soul. It's just to kind of ground you before you get spit back out into this cruel, cruel world. And you're, she just encourages you to explore other passions. And for some people, it's still acting. A lot of people develop one man, one woman shows that they 
perform at the cabaret or learn guitar or paint or write. A lot of a lot of people write. And Not his sister. Wait, and who is his sister? Joan. Oh my God, I already Joan. Joan. It is Joan. No. Joan. Joan. Copeland. Thank oh. you. Thank God there was a Joan in there. Yeah. I was for one second. Yeah. I mean, I am, but not because of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so what a great class. It was a great class. And then oh. we were not the same year in grad school. So I took it. Th- but did you, I don't forget when we decided to do this. It was, we were definitely working while I was in that class and you were out living yeah. in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, what do I love to do? Cook. So maybe, and so does Sophie. And we always knew we wanted to do something creatively together that took cooking to a different to my um, house to your house <laughs> yes. indeed I'm looking forward to that friend yeah. really like this idea yes <laughs> puff pastry with eggs inside I mean, yeah. that's perfect yeah. <laughs> um, we wanted to do something more creative or presentational or like you know entertainment-y with it and so we just started you know really workshopping this idea in basic ways we would like write funny things write down recipes gather pictures just exploring what it, form. And what's kind of nice about it realizing now is that there was no time frame. Yeah. Like it's not I think that's what's you know, when you get an audition you know exactly when it's gonna be and you know exactly when you're you know, you've gotta start prepping and like you know the next morning you're gonna be there or whatever it is. But with something that is a different sort of creative endeavor, like there's no timeline. So you don't I think that we were allowed to kind of take the time to explore all of the different mm-hmm. options. And then if one thing didn't pan out, it's not like well Oh my God! All yeah, that right. time is lost. Right. It's like, well, I've invested my whole bat mitzvah account into right. this project. Yeah, <laughs> but we were like, are we going to do? Are we going to make a cookbook? Are we going to make a blog? Is it, and then it's like, oh my God, lifestyle blog. That's such a huge endeavor. That was like way too intimidating. And also, like, we don't want to be influencers. We never wanted to do that. Neither of us are really like technologically savvy or into that. We're kind of a little too old for that. That's not. It doesn't hit our generation as hard. Yeah. So. Finally, the podcast was the last thing. And I don't know what, I don't remember if someone suggested it or if we thought of it, but it was, we just kind of had essentialized everything. We were like, what is it that people like about us? What can we give? And it was the banter that we have. And I was like, oh, we can just talk. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and then see where it goes. Then maybe we can start a website or then we can, I've always dreamed like maybe we can like start a little TV show. Yes, definitely a TV show. But maybe, you know, we can do a catering, not a huge catering company, but like maybe we do someone's party once in a while, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Or like we have parties and like we can invite, it's, you can buy a cheap ticket and come. Like yeah. it's more of like a, a, you not only hear about it, but you can taste it. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's within reach. Totally. So, yeah, that's why I became a podcast because it was the easiest way. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you could do like a theater piece around the food. For sure. I feel like we thought about that. I mean, it would be so. I remember seeing this play, and they do it a lot now. The, the Oklahoma, and uh, they'd make chili. But I remember at Vassar, actually, some some big project. They like roasted a turkey during. It was a very long play, and they put it in the oven at the beginning, and then by the end of the play, it was done, and you could stay and eat it. And I thought, wow, how cool. Rick Bayless did collaborated with uh, I think it was Looking Glass in Chicago and did this sold out show and then they redid it. I didn't get to see it, but Oh my God. I was like just thinking amazing. Rick Sordelay, who was no, no, no. our fight coordinator. <laughs> I was like, and wait, does Sordelay mm-hmm. love to cook? No. Oh my God, Rick Bayless. Ooh, that's yeah. a big deal. He's like a big, amazing Mexican chef. Or he's not Mexican. Chicago-based, yeah, Mexican, Mexican chef. chef. Yeah. Ooh, yum. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see 
where you guys take this. Thank you. And I do feel like already I have a whole dinner party schematic or brunch that um, I can approach with a kind of confidence, mostly because the part you just said, I spend a lot of time apologizing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, am I making you sit too soon? Or I'm you, sorry, I wasn't ready. You do or, not. At least I, in this context, you right, have not. But I do feel like, right, like in my entertaining mode, I also don't always feel, I feel like everyone's yelling at me to sit down. They're like, mm-hmm. come sit with us. And I'm like, okay, first of all, stop yelling at me. Mm-hmm. It's my house. I can be wherever I want to be. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. Anytime I'm at someone's place, the hostess is up and down. It is yeah, so the own nature. That. It's just yeah. part of the job, unfortunately. Right, but I'm just like, stop telling me. Like, that makes me feel like I'm doing it wrong. No, oh, I don't not. like that. But yeah. do you know what I mean? These mm-hmm. are my people telling me, like, sit down. I'm like, I will. But actually, I just want to get a little more Parmesan out of the yeah. thing. Like, yes. So I always feel like... Um, I'm in trouble or I'm not doing it right or we've, yeah, that's very real. I think that's part of the antipasti plan. What? It is real. Yeah. I just want to say I've needed someone to affirm. Oh, it's huge. There is no right way to host. And the reason why people are saying that to you, of course, is because like they want to spend time with you. They're like, you did all this bad that they're just sitting there while I'm getting up and down. But that's fine. They don't know where anything is. Honestly, that is why we do the antipasti. And we do. I don't know if you listen to our punch episode. We do like a drink bar or a punch bowl and we put it somewhere else. So then you are not only responsible for the food. I think often you go to someone's house and you're like, this person is going to serve me food and tell me stories, you know, and that's oh a really annoying. <laughs> so sometimes you just like, oh, I'm cooking and we're having it at my house. But like, you guys go talk. I don't uh-huh. need to talk. So I think often if there's food somewhere else or especially an alcoholic beverage for most people, Centered you know, someplace else, someplace yeah. else. And then they can talk and gather there and they're not looking for you to guide them every freaking step of the way. And I also think, I mean, obviously you have a family and like, I'm sure that a lot of the people that you invite over know each other. (laughs) No, but I was just going to say like, they can seating people in such a way that they really can take care of each other instead Mm -hmm. of you having to take care of everyone Mm -hmm. is I think a really good thing to do. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes like you have that lone person who doesn't necessarily know everyone as well and who, you know, you feel like you need to take care of. You don't. You don't. Like they can handle it. They can handle if you go to the kitchen for more parm, as if they're seated next to someone who knows how to make a conversation. Right. But I think it's like, I don't know, just trusting that people, trusting that if you get up and leave them, it'll be okay. Right. You know? Right. But it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I try. First it. of all, I'm happy to have a dinner party, but I really want to taste things that you guys make. So, <gasps> oh my that god, well you'll have to come over. Very exciting, and let's just keep checking in. Yeah, let's yeah, it's like so fun. Start. Yeah. yeah. Sophie, I really need your help. Mm-hmm. I'm having 20 people over for dinner tonight, and I have a beautiful side of salmon, and I've got vegetables from the market, and stuff for dessert. What I don't have. Uh huh is my wine. I have no idea what kind of wine to pair with this meal. Well, that's why you need to email us at havinganight at gmail.com so we can answer your listener questions. Havinganight at gmail.com? How do you spell it? Oh, let me tell you about how you spell it. H-A-V-I-N-G-A-N-I-T-E at gmail.com. Yeah, that's night spelled N-I-T-E. Email us. But you're sitting right here. Can't you just answer my question? (sighs) 